the FBI's take on the upcoming midterm elections, cryptocurrency and KYC, and the CISO's take on what CISO should be focusing on today. These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Nick Holland. At the recent ISMG Fraud and Breach Prevention Summit in San Francisco, my colleague and SVP of editorial, Tom Field, got to sit down and speak with Elvis Chan of the FBI regarding two primary concerns about midterm elections, the cybersecurity of the election systems and protecting people from the influence of foreign adversaries such as Russia. Here's Tom. So as we prepare for the 2018 midterm election, what are the security concerns that you have based on our experience in 2016? So I think there are going to be two main things that I'm worried about. One is the election systems itself, making sure that all of our election systems are hardened. And then two, uh, likely going to be more influencing campaigns from foreign adversaries, you know, misinformation campaigns. So those are the two things that we, are re- we in the U.S. government are really focused on. So there's been, I don't know because there's been misinformation, but there's been two streams of information about election security. Some saying that there was significant tampering in 2016, others saying that that's a smokescreen. Does this send a mixed message to the, the voting populace in the United States? Yeah, I think that's one of the main reasons why I'm here, is to try to make sure that there's not a mixed message. So what is factually correct is that the Russians were trying to uh, they, they did scanning, right? So they did scanning of different election systems for different states. We can confirm, DHS confirmed that 20, at least 21 states' systems were scanned. We do not have any evidence that any ballots were tampered with. We do not at this time have any evidence that any voter registration information was stolen. So I just want to put that out there for the record. But you do have information that what happened? So we do have, so when, when we say scanning, it's, let's use an analogy. Someone was checking to see if doors in a hallway were unlocked. And if a door was unlocked, they would open it and they would look in. So that is what we have evidence of. They did that to 21 out of 50 doors. Okay. What we don't have evidence of is that they walked in and walked out with something, right. so if, that, if that makes it clear. What efforts do you have underway right now to ensure that those doors stay closed <laughs> in the fall of 2018? That, that's a great question. It's, it's really a whole of government approach that we're using, and I think the two biggest players in this are Department of Homeland Security and, and then the FBI, right, on, on the domestic front. So. There are lots of different efforts. I'm not going to speak to DHS, but it includes increased funding for the states. It includes includes, uh, increased information sharing. Specifically on the FBI side, information sharing is number one. So both to just put out the message, whenever we have threat indicators, we push them out to all of the relevant parties, whether they be political organizations, state, county level governments, or technology companies. And then the other thing is, so that's broadly, but where we see specific attacks against specific companies, or organizations, we work hand-in-hand with those companies, sharing information, providing them with uh, relevant uh, indicators of compromise so that they can harden their system. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Also at the San Francisco ISMG Fraud and Breach Prevention Summit, 
I had the opportunity to pick the brains of Alberto Yepes of Forgepoint Capital. He provided a fascinating presentation on the key innovations he's witnessing as an investor in cybersecurity, but I wanted to focus on one angle, cryptocurrencies and know your customer. Here's Alberto with his thoughts. You know, it reminds me of the early days of the internet. Mm. Remember when getting into the internet, it was esoteric, few people knew how to get in a browser, yeah. and it was a distributed environment, there was no regulations, anybody can do anything, and academia took the lead, governments tried to use some of the capabilities in the big national research labs and all that, but eventually things came standardized, there was a bit of regulation and contextual about, if I'm gonna use this platform for trading, for payments, for commerce, for you know, dealing with banking and you know, very uh, mature industries. You get to get comfortable with this enabling technology will come from time to time. They're gonna change the way we do business. So cryptocurrencies is, is a result of blockchain. And blockchain, to your point, is, it was created as a platform to create a distributed trust model where there was no single center of uh, control or, or management. Uh, I think we all, I, I, we're super excited about the, the, uh, blockchain as, as enabling technology, but what we're a little bit nervous is not necessarily the fact that it's creating new, new, new ways of doing business and transactions, is how do we deal with KYC, know your customer, that you're doing business with the people you want to be doing businesses. They're giving you cryptocurrencies in exchange of value for perhaps a digital good or whatever. But also, how do you prevent money laundering? Because the bad guys are very sophisticated. It's like we talked in, 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 the, in the discussion. They share information. They, they are very sophisticated when it comes to uh, trying to use that anonymity to be able to conduct illicit uh, 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 activities. So I am really excited about blockchain. I'm a little concerned that in the cryptocurrency model, we need to get identities to be able to, it's identity resolution. Mm. That when and if some some uh, criminal cases happen, we will, at least law enforcement, will have the ability to stop it. Okay. So you've seen a lot of things like Silk Road and, and marketplaces where they're conducting, you know, illicit activities. Right. It's not like we just happened to yesterday, this has been around for a while, but how do you deal with KYC, know your customer, and how do you prevent money laundering and also cybercrime? Mm -hmm. I don't want to enable them, I want to enable the good things about learning and transacting, communicating, doing business together. Yeah. And I think that's the main reason I think we need to focus on that area. Finally, I got to speak with Joel de la Garza, an operating partner and CISO at the venture capital firm Andreessen Horowitz. Joel has had a pretty interesting career in cybersecurity with organizations like Box, Citigroup and Deutsche Bank. So I asked him, what should CISOs be focusing on today? So I think the, 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 if you look at the data, and this is sort of the, the data-driven data approaches to managing programs is kind of what I'm a big fan of. And so if you, if you look, you know, get down to brass tacks and drill into what's actually happening, you see that a lot of the issues that are causing problems for CISOs are actually fairly simple. Right, and it's it's just the basic stuff. Like, are all of your systems protected by second factor authentication, uh, and not just your internet-facing systems, but your corporate systems on your corporate network? You know, are you uh, applying all security patches in a timely fashion? Right, a lot of mm. really large consequential breaches have happened in the last year, and most of them, have, a lot of them, have been because they weren't being appropriately patched. And then finally, do you have good change control? Do you have good system hygiene? 
you know, are you following industry approved standards for managing your IT infrastructure and environment? And those are really still the things that I think CISO should be focusing on. I also asked Joel about third party risk, which he sees as a significant issue in cybersecurity today. Here's Joel's perspective. So I think, you know, there's an, an interesting story that, that, that Jeff Bezos likes to tell. He was telling it when he was launching uh, Amazon back in the late 90s. Um, you know, at the turn of the century, the most uh, expensive employee on Wall Street that wasn't a banker was the chief electrician, mm. right? And so, so ba banks at the turn of the century are responsible for generating, delivering, and managing their own electricity to run the ticker tapes, to run the lights, to run the trading floors. Uh, you fast forward 100 years and they buy it from Con Edison, right? They've got electricians that are contractors that come in maybe once every couple months. Uh, and, and so, you know, they've moved from having an in-house supplier that was driving their production to using a third party, which is Con Edison. The same shift is happening in IT, right? Mm -hmm. In the old days, you had your data centers, you had your servers, you ran your own mail servers, you ran your own DNS infrastructure. Nowadays, it's being run by Amazon or it's being run by Google or Microsoft, whatever the case may be. And so, our risk landscape has changed from being protecting the things that we operate to being protecting the things that we buy. Right. Right? And so that's a radically different risk landscape. And that's why third-party risk management, vendor supply, man supply chain management is really the place where people are focusing. That's it for this week's ISMG Security Report. The music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Nick Holland, catch you next time.